guys, it's your host, Avery Carl with The Short-Term Shop. I am super excited to dive into our 10-episode mini-series on the Cascade Mountains in Washington State market. Super cool market, really cool part of the country. Wanna give you guys a couple of notes first before we get started. If you guys are looking for up-to-date income numbers or data or purchase prices on properties in these markets, you can find them at theshorttermshop.com. You can set up a search to look for properties in any of the 20 markets that we operate in. You can also sign up to work with any of our short-term shop agents in any of those markets. So if you buy with us in any of those markets, we teach you everything you need to know about how to manage a short-term rental for free. And you can do that at theshorttermshop.com. Also, if you know you want to work with us already, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we'll get you set up with one of our agents in one of our 20 markets. We will, we have also got a Facebook group, short-term rental, long-term wealth, same title as my book on Facebook. If you guys want to just join us, it's 60,000 of my closest friends talking about short-term rentals and managing them and buying them all day long. And I believe that's it. And we can go ahead and dive into the show. Make sure to give us a like, follow, five-star review, etc., on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, all at The Short-Term Shop. I'll stop talking at you and let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of The Short-Term Show special episode series on the Cascade Mountains. And uh, today we're going to be talking about calendars and pricing. So to do that, we have a few of our dearest friends. Uh, Doug, do you want to say hello again? Yeah, hi, I'm Doug Wolf. I am the lone short-term shop agent in Washington State in the Cascade Mountains. And we also have the, I was going to go through all the very many nicknames he's given himself, but I'm just going to say <laughs> cash flow, Carl, go ahead and introduce yourself. Luke. That multifamily madman. Hey, how do you know? Wait a minute. What, they didn't, I didn't give them to myself. It's not a real nickname if you give it to yourself. So come on, man. Don't blow my cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, director of education <laughs> for the short-term shop. And uh, yeah, I've been doing short-term for a long time. I have way more long-term rentals than I can uh, remember, quite frankly. And uh, something is always broken. Something is always broke. I've learned in real estate. The number one thing I've learned in real estate is that it's, it's always broken and uh, you're going to fix it, but it's going to be annoying. <laughs> and it's always okay. going to cost more than you think it's going to cost. And take longer and they will not answer the phone. They just don't answer the phone, these these folks that you need to do things for you. But uh, that's the life of a property manager, a landlord, if you will. And it, uh, I suppose it beats a day job. <laughs> Okay. Well, there you have it. So Luke's going to be mostly hosting this one on calendars and pricing because that is where he lives is, um, you know, running all of ours. So I'm going to let him um, drive this one. So let's talk about calendars and pricing, starting off with seasonality. Yeah. So let me give a speech actually, before we get into the seasonality, if you're brand new uh, to this whole thing, and uh, we, we see that a lot where people are nervous and scared and I can't do this from a distance or you know, I, uh, I don't know much about the, the area. My wife likes to go to the area, but we, we've only been there six or seven times and I'm nervous. How do I do this? And uh, now that, that could go for any market. It has nothing to do with this market in particular. Uh, buying real estate from a distance can be a little bit uh, scary. Now, buying short-term rentals, vacation homes in a vacation town from a distance is, in my opinion, a little less scary than buying a three-bedroom uh, long-term rental in a 
you know, a meat and potatoes a school district in a in a southeastern town of X, Y, and Z, not Western, whatever. Uh, so with with that, I do personally. I've always kind of wanted him to be about three hours from where I lived, just so I could get over there if I needed to. And uh, we've done that twice. We used to live in Tennessee. We built a portfolio of long term rentals a few hours from where we lived. Moved to Florida, did the same thing again. So now I have two towns and really actually three at the end of the day, uh, full of long-term rentals. But uh, with the short terms, I've always found that it's a little less difficult to go do this from a distance. And of course, there are softwares. When Avery says that this is what I do all day, uh, this is, it really is. Pricing is one of the few things that I have not personally you know, turned over to somebody else in my organization, an employee, if you will, uh, where it comes to... Uh, guest messaging and dealing with cleaners and, and such. Over the years, I have, you know, turned those tasks over to folks that work for me. I still do the pricing and I, and I enjoy it very much. And there are, of course, softwares out there that will make that easier on you. There's really three of note, Wheelhouse, Beyond Pricing, and Price Labs. Price Labs is, is by far the most popular, at least in our world. Uh, we, we hear that name constantly, and that is what we use as well. It's a very customizable website that you can really get in there and um, basically drive yourself nuts with all of the different bells and whistles that it has to help you fill your calendar because pricing is the most important part of rental real estate. Of course, there's obviously a million other things you want to change on your listing and your home and your bathrooms and your kitchens uh, before going straight for the low hanging fruit of just lowering your price. But at the end of the day, if you're brand new and you just want to look at this from a thousand feet in the air, if you're not booked, your price is too high. It's as simple as that. Now, again, am I doing something wrong? Is my headline, it could be as simple as a headline needs to be tweaked before you go just drop your prices. But again, prices, in my opinion, after this really long monologue, are the most important part of rental real estate, especially short-term rental real estate. Why more so in short-term? Because there's 365 prices a year, as opposed to long-term where there's one price per year. And I also feel that that's where people get hung up on trying to figure out which house is right for them or which market is right for them. How am I supposed to, you know, it's it's very, it's overwhelming to sit there and say, oh man, this, all 365 sales on this calendar are going to have a different price. But you get over it, you buy a house, you put it up for rent and you move on. You know, it's as simple as that. So anyway, back to Avery's original uh, focus, which was, uh, or trying to steer us in the right direction, which was occupancy. Um, Doug, what, where are we sitting at? Uh, kind of a just a general overview of what seasons are not, you know, what type, times of year are not all that great, and and maybe just a general speech on occupancy. Yeah, I think in this market you're going to see um, incredibly strong summers. So uh, the summer, don't tell anybody, but summer in the Pacific Northwest is absolutely beautiful and amazing, and uh, it is, in my opinion, the best place to be from July until September in the country. So um, we get sun, it's not too hot, it's not humid, it's uh, gorgeous, there's mountains and like summertime here is spectacular. So um, if people want to visit here that are considering moving here, then have them come between like October and June because it's not as spectacular as the summer. The summer is kind of our, our hidden secret in the Pacific Northwest, but anyway, uh, which means your summertime occupancy is going to be off the charts. It's going to be really good. Um, most people uh, that stay here are vacationing here. There's cruises up to Alaska here. 
Um, so people are going to come into town. They're going to be driving to our markets and they're going to be staying in the summer. So summer occupancy really high. Uh, same thing with winter occupancy. So most of our, uh, all of our locations that we sell in um, have access to ski resorts. Um, and so people go for skiing and to play in the snow and to to be in the snow. So uh, wintertime occupancy is going to be very high. And then there's the in-between months that you're going to do pretty well in fall as leaves are change, you know, changing colors and, uh, you know, kind of the fall foliage people like to uh, be out and about and seeing that and the, and the weather usually hangs on fairly well into late into the fall uh, so your slow seasons are going to be uh, when the snow is melting and it's transition we're transitioning from the snow to the summer um, so kind of that period like late February uh, up until spring breaks and spring breaks are a little later here so they're in April rather than March um, at least for the public schools. Um, so, you know, generally in like Tennessee and the South, you'll see spring breaks in March, um, they're later in April here. So you'll see a slow period, kind of late February to mid to late March. And then you'll see a slow period, probably right now until the holidays hit. Um, and those are the, the two slower seasons. So, Slower seasons, you're probably still going to see weekend bookings, but uh, it's going to be difficult during the week. Um, and overall occupancy, I would say, you know, 65% and up, depending on the property and depending on um, where you're at. Yes. And and just to clarify, by right now, we are first in November. Uh, so you're, you're looking at like, uh, I mean, this would be a shoulder season in any market, really, where you're talking pre-Thanksgiving, post-summertime, post-fall foliage really is... Uh, it's kind of what's going on. Like the leaves are just getting to be gone and, yes. and, uh, and we're not quite to Thanksgiving. So yeah, very similar to, to many mountain markets, which at the yep. end of the day is what we're talking about. Here's a mountain market, but you, we have skiing. That's really cool. You know, as opposed to some more popular uh, mountain destinations or more well-known mountain destinations, uh, in the, in the East or in the Southeast. But, uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like overall we're looking at uh, 65 would be uh, on the low end. Maybe can I get up to, I guess, on a smaller property, right? A smaller property, maybe 80. Is that possible or is that? Uh, uh, yeah, I think I, I certainly think it's possible. There's people going to these destinations all year round. Um, you do, In order to hit that 80, you just have to capture that smaller percentage of people that are traveling in those sh shoulder seasons and nail your weekends um, or, you know, long weekends. Right. And just to clarify, if you're new to this uh, space, generally a smaller property is going to have higher occupancy, which makes more sense. You know, just it's common sense, really. So if you've got a four bedroom house in the vacation rental world, that's generally going to be like three families, give or take, maybe even four. Who knows? And it's more difficult than uh, takes a lot more effort to get three, four families together than just to say, Hey, Avery, let's go to the mountains, you know, this weekend and go, right? You know, so a couple or maybe a small family with a, one kid or that kind of thing, or maybe even a, an individual. Let's say like you're a guy that is, just wants to get out and go skiing for the weekend, you know, that kind of thing. So smaller it is, the higher the occupancy, which is in all markets. And a lot of times, especially for new folks, that's very comforting. You know, so a lot of times people say, should I buy a big one? Should I buy a small one? 
no right or wrong answer. What's going to be right for your needs and your usage for one thing, because again, we can use these. There's no lease. You can go when it's not occupied and use it yourself. That's really cool. But if you're the type of person that wants the warm fuzzy of the calendar being full all the time, and that is more important to you than anything, which is fairly common, then go smaller. And also on the other side of the coin there, just to play devil's advocate, the larger property is going to be less work, quite frankly. It's less time occupied, less turns with the cleaner to deal with, less uh, maybe washing of the sheets and wear and tear. Possibly less wear and tear, but you never know there. That depends on what kind of people they're bringing a lot of times, but wear and tear on your pots and pans, you know, that kind of thing. So now, am I saying that, am I just blatantly saying that big properties are less work than small properties? No, but in the grand scheme of things, you can probably guarantee that there's going to be less bookings on the calendar here, which means it should translate to maybe less work. Maybe. I hate to say that, but you know, it's kind of possible. You talked about weekends. Is it a certain situation? Is there is there certain times of year where I'm not going to get weekdays booked or uh, can I get them booked all year if I try hard enough? Uh, you can get them booked all year if you try hard enough. I think in the, you know, kind of these shoulder seasons, it's just cold, wet, rainy, and people don't want to be out in it. So I think um, the work from your property angle is a, a good way to kind of capture some people that just want a change of scenery, but still want to work during the week. Um, so having the high speed internet, having an office space, having things like that, where people can be away, but still engage in work. I think that's one way. Um, and then I think just being one of the better properties in the area, um, you know, doing the enemy method and trying to be better than your enemies, then I think that's going to capture. I mean, there's, like I said, there, there are still people traveling to these areas even now. Um, and so just being the best property, I think is going to get you bookings during the week um, where other, other properties may not see that. Yeah. It's like any business on the planet. If you want, you know, the best returns and the, the, the highest grossing property, you've got to try harder than everybody else. So, you know, and, and even in the slow months, one thing you can do is plan ahead because again, less people are coming in say a early November or a March or a, not March, but like a May or a September. Those are, you know, those are generally going to be pretty slow with the back to school and such. So you can, you can work ahead of time, you know, maybe plan to try and fill those two to three months in advance, or at least start kind of tweaking your listing a little bit to say, Hey, these dates are available. We're offering discounts in these these slower times, if you want to scoop these up before somebody else does, you know, it's no different than, than a clothing store. If you own a clothing store, you know, you got last season's jeans on the table. You got to get rid of them. Kind of the opposite here in this scenario where those <laughs> dates are coming up. They haven't happened yet, but uh, same concept. Quite frankly, you're selling something. You're selling a product and you need to know the, the value of your product. And a Tuesday in September is nowhere near as valuable as a Saturday in June. And if you're sitting there just kind of keeping, you know, we see all the time, we see a, a big mistake where people will just put the same price on their property for months at a time, even. It's a pretty good way to to know that your your enemy is not really doing their job. I guess, you know, we could talk about enemy, enemy method all day, by the way, enemymethod.com if you're not familiar. But if you see a property that has the same price on every night, that's you're, you're guaranteeing that that person is not the cream of the crop. Now, if you see a property that has the same price every single night and they're still pretty well booked, then you can have a lot of confidence that you can go in there and do better than them. 
by just simply changing your prices around using price labs because they're they're not using price if they are using it they have it turned off because price labs is no way or, or or wheelhouse or beyond pricing there is no way it's going to price every night of the calendar year at the same number you know so just little stuff like that you can be on the lookout for and of course the more you change your prices the more bookings you're going to get that's a huge one change your headline change your photos I don't mean like a whole new set of photos, but, you know, swap your first five photos and rotate them. That helps your algorithms. But pricing is, again, it's number one there as well with algorithms. Availability is number one with algorithms, at least from the research that we're able to do. It's not like there's an Airbnb handbook that says, here's how you get more bookings. Maybe we should come up with that. But uh, our research through actually speaking with Airbnb and their, their sources say that overall calendar availability is the number one push for algorithms. So making sure that you're optimizing your calendar, maybe opening further in advance than what you thought you should. You know, it used to be back in the day, we'd block off months that we didn't want, like the easy month. I would block off the easy months. Like, you know, let's say next April, because I know it's going to book. But the problem is, is that lowers your overall availability. And that's going to affect tomorrow's empty dates on the calendar. So if you open up further in advance, overall availability goes up and your the popu popularity of your property goes up. And it's just, you know, all these little tips and tricks that are going to make you a better property manager, which is a great time for me to plug my podcast, which is called Short-Term Rental Management, where we talk nothing but landlording and vacation rental management, where you, you can find that uh, anywhere podcasts are listened to. Uh, but uh Anyway, go, go a little further in advance for less desirable dates. Extremely important. Now, I do want to say, statistic comes directly from Airbnb, 90% of all bookings. So literally almost, you know, all bookings are going, going to happen in the next month, 30 days or less. That's worldwide for vacation travels uh, in general. Again, comes straight from Airbnb. So in other words, if you, if you go just strictly by that statistic, you don't really care about your calendar any further than four weeks in advance. Anything further out than that, you you really, you look at that point, you're probably going to get somebody that really wanted those dates and they're probably willing to pay a little bit extra for it. So you really want, you know, for multiple reasons, your future further in advance availability should probably be a little higher than the next 30 days. I've been doing recently, actually, I'm going to throw it because we're here talking about pricing, of course, I'm going to throw a, a trick at you that I've been doing. On Price Labs, you know, they have all these, amazing settings and they come out with new ones all the time. I've been doing, um, they have an adjustable, I don't remember the exact term, I'm gonna go with adjustable um, discount based on how far in advance, uh, how far out the dates are. So what I've been doing on, like let's say, say I, yesterday I added on a large property, one of my bigger properties. I did like a 25% adjustable, again, I don't know that, that exact term, adjustable discount a percentage decrease. We also don't want to use the word discount in this business. It was a percentage decrease, 25% over the course of 30 days, let's say, maybe 40 days. And what it does is day 40, there's zero discount. Day 39, there's, you know, 1%, 2%. And then it works its way up until tomorrow. That would be the maximum percentage, like the 25%. So whatever you put in there. I've been trying that lately. And uh, I think I'm going to stick with that one for a while, at least on, on a couple of bigger properties. And, um, you know, again, the point of this, this, this speech here is you don't want to remain constant. 
the more you change your prices around, the more you tweak, the more you are paying attention and, and quite frankly, give a, give a damn, uh, the, the, the more return you're going to get. It's like anything in life. The more you put in, the more you get out. I'm sure there's a million quotes that uh, we could come up with to throw in there, but uh, the uh, love you make is equal to the love you take. All right, there's a good one. So, <laughs> you know, I think the most important thing for me is to change things as often as possible, which leads me to lead time. Uh, Doug, what, what do you, what do you anything you want to tweak based on your exact market uh, as far as lead times are concerned, or do you find that it sticks to that global Airbnb statistic? Not very much. It sticks to that statistic. So um, all these are drivable markets um, from downtown Seattle, downtown Tacoma. Um, and so a lot of what you're going to get is um, people two weeks from now that want to you know, spend the weekend or spend a week in the mountains. So um, almost primarily, that's what you're going to get. So that 30-day window is accurate. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. And um, minimum night stay, can you give me kind of a, an overview of, uh, you know, again, we're not going to give exact numbers here. It's the end user's job to, to be good at their job and know how their home should operate. And of course, your numbers are different than everybody's. Everybody's numbers are different. But but Doug, give me just kind of a general speech on uh, on your market with uh, minimum, minimum night stay, max night stay based on the size of the home. Yeah, so smaller properties, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, you're probably going to want to stay in the, the two night minimum, um, three maybe max, depending on you know how you want to capture weekends. Um, your, your weekend ADRs are going to be high throughout the entire year. So, um, you know, keeping those prices up and maybe doing a two night minimum on a smaller property would be good, um, for larger properties. So three bedrooms and above, uh, I would probably say a three night minimum, um, maybe even four, uh, maybe three during the week, four on the weekends, um, to, you know, capture the, the most income that you, you can um, in your stays. So I know there's some different thinking about two night versus three nights on the weekends, um, and trying to capture that extra night. Uh, I've gone back and forth on that in my properties in terms of trying to avoid the two night party, um, versus the three night family stay. So all different yeah. schools of thought on that. Oh yeah. And again, no right or wrong answer. The wrong answer is not getting booked, you know, but some folks don't want to do one or two nights. And I totally understand that. I personally, I got no problem doing one night on a small house. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily for a beginner because it can be a little more stressful and you may get, you know, a couple of uh, cases of beer cans laying around that you got to clean up and then your cleaner it sends you a bunch of pictures and makes you freak out and that kind of stuff. And uh, after you've been doing this for a long time, a bunch of beer cans, you know, it's mm. like, you know, who cares? <laughs> it's, they're on vacation. What did you expect them to be doing? Uh, so, uh, you know, I, again, I have no problem going one night, two night on a, uh, on a smaller property. And you can, you can, you can adjust that accordingly. You can, you could do four night weekends, two night weekdays. Price labs will do all that stuff for you. And also, um, uh, beyond pricing, et cetera, most of the pricing softwares. In other words, back in the day, we had to just put numbers on Airbnb and we were stuck with what they allowed us to do. And you couldn't really tweak stuff. And it was kind of a lot more work uh, and and less uh, customizable. And now, man, you could really drive yourself nuts going in there. And um, I want a six nights day. I'll do a six nights day on the 4th of July, you know, depending on the size of the property versus a, 
a two night stay on Tuesday and Wednesday in May, you know, so um, no wrong answer there. The good news is uh, you can change it as much as you want. And you can, quite frankly, you can automate almost all of that stuff. Now, the more you automate though, the more, you know, you do need to get in there, make a habit of going in at least once a week. If you're set up a very specific set of op automations that you think are rocking and rolling, you try it for a week, guess what? Maybe it worked great and now it doesn't work anymore. So you go in and, and change things around. And again, 100% most important thing is to uh, continue to change things as, uh, as much as possible. And um, what else? What else? Avery, anything we haven't covered? I think we're rocking pretty hard. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think you are rocking pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. So long story short, pricing, by the way, is the most important. We've already covered that. Don't let it stay the same for too long. I, I Let me throw this out there. If you're brand new, I personally, again, if I'm brand new on a, or I have a brand new property going, I'm going in every day and changing prices. And I know that we got into rental real estate because it's passive and we don't have to do all this crazy stuff and we can... <laughs> put Avery to sleep and, and, uh, and, and, you know, but at the end of the day, I don't, I, again, I, I don't feel that it is work. It's, it's, if you, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, you know? So I go in and I change my prices and uh, we get some bookings and everybody's happy and we provide great vacations. Simple as that. All right. Mic drop. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys think that our listeners could benefit from hearing in terms of pricing and calendars here? I was, I would just add like, it's not that difficult. It's like Luke said, there's 365 days to fill and to adjust prices for. But like once you start using the softwares, whatever one you use, um, it's fairly straightforward. And it's not um, a huge thing even to change prices for, you know, next May or whatever. Um, it's it's pretty intuitive and not an overwhelming thing. So don't be uh, freaked out by it. All right. Great advice. Well, guys, if you are ready to buy with Doug after 10 episodes of this um, in the Cascades, you can email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will get you connected. Or if you just want to hang out with us some more, you can do that in our Facebook group. Same title as my book right behind me. It's called Short Term Rental, Long Term Wealth. Or if you want to talk to us in person digitally, you can join one of our weekly Zoom calls. You can sign up for those at strquestions.com.